If you can join us this morning, Matthew will join us for a moment. And then uh, Crystal for a few extra moments. So I'm not going to give any spoilers, Crystal, if that's okay. I'm going to allow you to go to go um, into the depth of the testimony. But I just want to say that when I gave my heart to the Lord, it happened around the end of matric, the first year of university. When I got to first year, Matthew was there. Else worked, eh? Alice was a center geweest And 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 Matthew was there serving the Lord. He was actually an example. I always saw him just worshiping the Lord, going on mission, setting an example. And 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 God has taken you guys on a journey, and you end up in in, in Sweden as as pastors. And so I think before Christelle. Uh, just minister to us, if you just maybe take a minute or two, just tell us, how, how does a student from Stellenbosch meet the Lord and then end up in Sweden to work for the kingdom? That, that, that will just be awesome for us to share that journey. Then you can give over to your wife. I'll take a seat. Okay. All right. Thank you, Vanna. That's so kind of you. Uh, good morning, church. And it's such a privilege to be here this morning. Um, usually, I'm, you know, we start off in Swedish, but yeah, we're starting in Afrikaans, and so it's amazing. So as Vanna said, in 2002, I actually I joined Shofar in Stellenbosch. Um, that's when I started my, my first year of university, got to know Vanna. Um, and actually, it's, it's such a small world. Uh, Vanna's beautiful wife, Janae, was actually, she took photos at our wedding in 2007. She was one of the photographers there. Such an incredible uh, small world, and we just, yeah, we just appreciate you guys so much. So I, I finished up my, my studies, I worked for a couple of years in Cape Town, and uh, the company I worked for got a contract with a company in Sweden, so in 2009 we moved over um, just with five bags and five boxes, that was it, you know, we, we were planning to stay there for 18 months, uh, that as long as the contract was, and, um, but we, we found a church, we found a life-giving church, a church very similar to Shofar, the DNA was, was very, very similar. Church is called C3. C3 is a global movement. There's almost 600 churches all over the world in 93 countries. Founding pastor, uh, Pastor Chris and Phil, Phil Pingle are, are, the, are the founding pastors. And, and so, they, so we, we, met, we started off there, and it was just an incredible journey for us. We, were, we just started packing chairs and cleaning toilets and doing all the basic things that you, know, you normally do with a small church that had just started. It only had started for about a year. It was on the go when we, when we joined. We were about 40 members or, or less and uh, Christelle and myself just felt, uh, we just felt that we were called to serve, to so- serve the kingdom. We, uh, Sweden had sent out, you know, many missionaries over the last 200 years, and it feels like we're kind of, you know, re-evangelizing the country again. It's a very atheist country. There's not, you know, many people don't believe, and we really feel like we've been called to, to be uh, in the southern part of Sweden, a city called Malmö, a very international city. I think there's about five nations left before the world's nations are represented in that city of about 350,000. So it's not a very large city. So we've got an international church. We've got about 27 uh, nationalities in our church, ranging from yeah, everything to anything. But uh, we've, we, yeah, and then we, we just re- realized that God has called us to this place in, in Sweden. And so I, I took various roles in the church, uh, operational pastor. And then two years ago, the founding pastors moved back to Australia where they came from. And they asked us to take over the church. And um, since, yeah, two years, almost two years ago, uh, Christa and myself have been leading uh, C3 Malma. And we've just got a wonderful congregation. They're going to be starting the service now in a moment. So, yeah, really, yeah, we're really praying and rooting for them. But again, thanks, Vanna, uh, for this wonderful opportunity. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it over to my, to my beautiful wife.
All right. Thank you. Morning. Uh, it's such a privilege to be here. I've actually, Pastor Andres, uh, he was my pastor in London. So I, after I studied, I went to London for one year, and he was the pastor there. So it's such a privilege to be here today, actually, with you guys. But um, like Matthew said and Vanet, we have, I want to share a testimony with you today of what God has done in my life. He has done really marvelous things in my life. So a couple of years ago, I had a life-changing event, something that I never thought would have happened to me. Um, maybe someone else, but not me. And um, so in 2007, I got engaged to my husband. And then four months before our wedding date, um, I, had a, um, I ended up in the ICU. And I was completely paralyzed. So what has happened is I had thrombosis, it's blood clots. Uh, they suspected it was uh, because of the contraceptive pill. And uh, they gave me blood thinner for the thrombosis. And for some reason, that made my brain bleed. So the whole right side of my brain bled, and it was on the way to my brain stem. Uh, so I couldn't move anything in my body. Um, I couldn't speak, I couldn't even open up my eyelids, everything was paralyzed. And um, the doctors, so the fact actually that I'm standing here today speaking to you, that is a miracle. So God has done really great things. Um, and then the doctors called my parents in and my fiance and they said that I have less than 10% chance to live. And they said, if I live, I'll probably be paralyzed, I won't be able to walk again. Um, and um, so my parents and the doctors and, and nurses there, some of them went into a room next to where I was lying in the ICU. And uh, they started praying for me. And while they were praying for me, the nurse that was in my room with me came running in to theirs and said, they need to come and look, my condition has changed. Um, so with a, with a, when you have pressure on your brain, your pupils are very big. So you look at a person's pupils to see what is the pressure on their brain. And uh, my pupils at that moment has retur had returned to normal. And since that moment, I started getting better. So slowly but surely, I started getting better. I had to learn to do everything again. Um, so I had to learn to speak again. I had to learn to sit up on the bed again, feed myself, uh, lots of things, uh, walk again. And... Um, Many people prayed for me. There's probably some of you in this uh, congregation that prayed for us as well. And some of the people that prayed, they had dreams and visions, and they saw me walking down the aisle. And then uh, Matthew and I decided we're going to keep our wedding date. We're not going to postpone it. We're going to trust God. God promised that he is going to heal me completely. So we kept our wedding date. So I went from... Uh, being in a wheelchair, so I was released from hospital six weeks after the brain bleed. Um, I sat in a wheelchair, so from a wheelchair to a walker, then later to crutches, then later one crutch, and on the day of our wedding, it was the first day I walked. I walked down the aisle just like God had promised. Yes, give God a hand. So God is amazing, and since that day, I've actually seen him do miraculous things. I've seen many miracles in my life. 
Um, I'm not going to go into all of that. Uh, but I know that God is a healer. I am convinced that he is a healer. I've prayed for people. I've seen people get healed. So I know that he's a healer. But, you know, um, I'm sure some of you here have prayed, and sometimes your prayers were not answered. I'm not going to even ask you to put up your hands. Who've prayed and their prayers were not answered? And maybe you're sitting here today and your prayers not been answered and you are so disappointed in God. And I felt like that a few years ago because um, just after this event, God miraculously healing me and I'm seeing all these miracles happen in my life and in other people's lives that I pray for and other people pray for, um, we... So it was in 2012, we were expecting twins, and I've always wanted twins. We don't have twins in our family, so it's a miracle. Actually, our family struggles to have kids, um, um, my mum's side of the family. So it's a miracle that we were expecting twins. I was so excited about it, two girls. And um, everything went really well in the pregnancy up until halfway. Uh, and I started, um, I got an infection that triggered early labor. Um, so I was hospitalized uh, so that they can try and suppress me going into labor. And while I was lying in the hospital, uh, and again, many people were praying for me, almost like um, with my brain bleed. So many people were praying for our situation. And um, while I was lying there, I got lots of scriptures from God as well. And one particular song started playing over and over and over in my head. And I've never heard this song. I after days of hearing this song in my head, I googled and I looked, does it actually exist? And it did exist. So the, the line I heard over and over again was, I lift up my eyes, I lift up my eyes, you're the giver of life. I'm not going to sing, I'm actually very bad at it. But that was the, the line, I lift up my eyes, you're the giver of life. And I took that as a sign, okay, God is promising he's going to heal my twins, or he's going to save them, right? And um, he's the giver of life. And um, then at 23 weeks of gestation, that's very early, um, our oldest twin, um, Gabriella, she was born, um, but she, she didn't survive. So she, was, uh, she passed away during the birth. And then her little sister was born six hours later. And she was doing so well. She was breathing without any support uh, the first few um, hours. And she was doing so well. And we just absolutely fell in love with her. And Michaela. And then about, she lived about 16 days. And when she passed away, I was completely broken. I was so depressed and I didn't want to live anymore. I don't want to speak to God. I was so angry at God because why did he not answer our prayers? Why did he not save them? He gave me promises that he will save them. Why did he not save them? I know he can heal. Why did he not heal them? And for me, the devil, he really um, took, uh, he thought that was a great opportunity. So he told me so many lies. God does not love me. That's why he allowed this. So, so many things um, and I try to ignore God, and, and it's not possible to ignore God. Um, for those of you that don't want to try, but I try to run away from God. I don't want to have anything to do with him. I wanted to hurt him as much as I was hurting. And, um, but God pursued me. He came after me, 
And um, there's many words and so on that he, he, it was over time that he started working with my heart. But one particular thing that he came to show me was I was speaking to um, a friend of mine that was a psychologist. And one particular thing that, uh, so while she, every time she would pray for me after the session, and the one time she saw a picture um, of um, a parallax fault. So I'm, I'm a scientist, I'm a geneticist, and also a pastor. Um, so my, um, my original um, occupation, occupation, right, was to be um, in the lab measuring things, uh, working in the laboratorium. And that's how God came to speak to me. So everyone has a different way that God would speak to you. For that, for me, that was how God came to speak to me. That's so amazing about God. He meets you exactly where you're at, and he speaks to you in a way that you can understand. So for me, this is a way that I could make sense of my situation. He came to show me that I'm making a parallax fault. Because if you're measuring, um, for example, fluid, you need to... um, come down to exactly the right line to where you're pouring the fluid in. If you look from the top or from the bottom, uh, you're going to make this parallax fault. You're going to make the wrong reading. And he was showing me that I was making the wrong reading. I was looking at it from a different point of view than what he was looking at it. Because this thing is, God has an eternal perspective. He sees the whole picture. We only see a little bit of the picture. He sees everything. And he came to show me that actually he did heal my twins or save them. He saved my twins exactly like he promised, just not in the way that I thought it should be done. Because the thing is, my twins are with him now. They are saved. Um, That's not how I thought it should be done, but he kept his promise. He saved my twins. And it's because of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross that, we, that he's made a way that I can see my twins one day again. He has saved them, just like he has promised, because of Jesus. Jesus is a healer. And, um, so, and that song that, you know, that I heard, that God said, I, I lift up my eyes, I, I lift up my eyes, you're the giver of life. If you go and listen to the whole song, I'm not going to say the whole song now, but then just the one chorus there, it says, um, you alone. So you alone can rescue, you alone can save, you alone can lift us from the grave. You came down to save us and let us out of death. That is exactly what he did. It's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus came down to save us. He came down to let us out of death, and he has done that for my twins. So he has done what he has promised, just not in the way that I thought it should be done. So Jesus has overcome death. He has made a way, and he um, has made a way for any of your struggles, anything that you have struggled with. He has overcome that. He has made a way. And I think many times we misinterpret some of God's promises of what God is trying to say to us. Um, Another example that I could use is um, God gave me after my twins. So he gave me a promise of this amazing child that I'm going to have, a boy. The word I had over that boy, um, our boy, is joyful. He's going to be this joyful child. He's going to bring so much joy. And then Dylan, our oldest boy, was born. So we have three boys now. Our oldest boy was born. And the day after his birth, we found out that he has Down syndrome. 
And I'm like, God, I mean, <laughs> haven't I been through enough? Um, what about your promise? You promised this joyful child that's going to make up for my hurt. And, and again, it's not like I expected it to be. Like that, He is exactly what God promised. He is so joyful. And it's so wonderful to have him. Uh, Matthias just reminded me, you know, on our way um, in the car here, he just reminded me that, that uh, scripture that says, uh, I will turn your mourning into dancing. And he said, that's exactly what God has done. He has turned our mourning into dancing because we were mourning the death of our twins. But Dylan, uh, this joyful child, every Friday night we have family nights and then he puts on the music and we all have to dance. He has turned our mourning into dancing. It's such a, an amazing privilege to have Dylan in our lives. But so God has given me exactly what I needed. Again, just not the way I thought it should be done. And I think many times that is the case. God does answer our prayers. He does heal. Uh, he is involved. Just maybe not in the way that we think it should be done. And there's a lot more to this story. I, have, I can tell uh, many more um, testimonies of things that God has done in my life. Um, but for the sake of time... Um, I'm going to come to a close now, but I just want to say that, so I've written a book, Darwin Shua, so you can read more of everything else in here, here's the book, and I have a few here, if you're interested, Um, but otherwise, I don't know if there's a slide, oh, there's a slide, Um, so there's a slide at the back, there's a QR code that you can scan and you can order the book as well, but there's the whole testimony written down, and I believe this, um, this testimony in this book will bring encouragement to people. It will bring healing to people, um, both physical and emotional healing, because God can heal any body and heart. I am a testimony of this. God is a healer. He has healed my heart completely. I am not sad today as I stand here. I am so joyful. So God has done a miracle in my life. God is a healer. And the book Dawinshwa. The name is a bit strange. Um, so Dawinshwa was the first word that I spoke. Uh, when I was in the ICU, they gave me, some of the, the nurses were amazing that were looking after me. They were all about my age. And um, they bought me this um, soft uh, cat pillow type of thing. And they were teasing me, trying, trying to get me to say something because I couldn't speak. And they're like, oh, what do you want to call this? And, I, and the first word I spoke then was Dawinshwa. So they wrote it on a board on the ICU, Dawinshwa. So I've called my book Dawinshwa because it's the first word that I could speak. And I'm saying it's a word of encouragement that God still heals today. And um, since I've published the book, um, someone who's bought it that's um, very good with languages, she has done some research, and she's actually found out the word does exist. Uh, so the word means in Arabic, it is written, and in Susutu, it means I will not die. So the first word I spoke was, it is written, I will not die. So God has given me a divine word. In that situation, he has spoken life over me. He has gone before me. He's been there already. And he is involved in my life. He is involved in your life. 
So I want to encourage you today to whatever you're facing, to turn to him. Because he's the only one that has all the answers. He's the only one that can tell you a word that you need to bring healing. He is a healer and God has done amazing things in our lives. So I want to actually um, take some time and we want to minister to you guys. So I'm going to call Van back up again. And we're going to take some time and pray for people here in front. Um, if you have a broken heart, you need some healing, um, physical healing, emotional healing, we'd love to pray for you. And, and also just maybe one last thing I wanted to say. As I was sitting here praise and worshiping, I just remembered that, you know, um, Jesus knows exactly what you're going through because he has gone through it. When he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, his prayer was not answered because he, God did not answer Jesus' prayer when Jesus asked him, please take this cup away from me. He didn't do it. And because he didn't answer Jesus' prayer, we today have life. We can have life and life in abundance because of him. So sometimes even Jesus' prayer was not answered. So he knows what you're going through. So I want to encourage you to turn to him and bring it to him. Um, I just want to wrap up for us with a <clears throat> something the Lord laid on my heart. So I've got a chair here. Thank you so much, Christelle, for sharing that. I'm not always a good person to speak after testimonies like that. Jy ook in, Louis. Die Heer is my herder. Niks sal my ontbreek nie. Hy laat my neerlee in groen weivelde. Na waters waar ris is, laai hy my heen. Hy verkook my siel, hy laai my in die spore van gerechtigheid. Om sy naam ontwil. Al gaan ek ook in het dal van doodskade weer. Ek sal geen onheil vrees nie, want die is met my. Die stok en die staaf vertroos my, die berei, die tafel voor my aangezicht, teenwoord my teestanders, die maak my hoof vet met olie. My beker loop oor, net goedheid en gins, sal my volg al die dag van my lewe, en ek sal in die huis van die Heere bly, in lengte van daar. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of a shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I just want to minister of us this morning that it is the presence of the shepherd that is the 
main theme of Psalm 23. For many years, I thought it's the green pastures. I thought it's the, it's the waters. And then when he takes me to the pastures, I focus on the pastures. When he takes me to the waters, I'm in the waters. But it is he that leads me to the pastures, to the waters, and through the darkness. And sometimes when I focus so much on the pastures and the waters, I get numb to his presence. And then when it's dark, he feels far. You see, it is he that is with us when it's green and when we are with the waters. And the same shepherd is the one that guides us through those dark times. And and something I want to encourage us with this morning is the shepherd is not ill-equipped to lead you through the dark times. He's got a rod and a staff. A staff is a long stick and he guides. It's a lekak. He scalps to become a nectarfung and he prods, he helps, he guides with that staff. And a rod, it says a kunopkiri. And as it's nabaikum, Dan fadi erder daai kiri en hy swing en hy sla dood. And so sometimes we need to just remember that even in the, the valley of the shadow of death we are walking with a shepherd that's well equipped to guide and to protect, to brutally protect you. Like the Faris have been protected so it is with you. And let us remember even in the midst of all the things we go through, sit at the table and eat with the Lord. He prepares a table for you and me. Eat with Him and fellowship with Him in the green pastures and also in the valley of the shadow of death. Remain at His table. Sometimes when families go through very tough times, just that moment of sitting at a table together, sharing food is what carries us through. But what the enemy wants you and I to do is when it is dark, when you feel like you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you are misaligned with the table. So you, you lose your fellowship with the Lord because you think he has left the building. You think he's punishing you. And there might be that there's repentance that needs to happen. But stay, stay connected to God's table even through the valley of the shadow of death. Turn your face to the table and feast. Even if the enemies are right there, don't turn your chair away. Be focused. Be engaged. Remember, he is leading you through the valley of the shadow of death, not to the valley of the shadow of death. Through. But be connected with the table. And so what we want to do this morning, this morning we're going to ask you to take a step of faith. If you feel that your chair has been misaligned, that sweet fellowship, you've tasted it before. You've been connected. Man, he's felt close. But it's almost like you're there and there about, but it's just like ah, your your chair is like, you're kind of the one there on the edge of the table where everybody near you sit, but he claims to us. So you're kind of, you're bored. No. Come sit at the table. Come take your place. Feast with the Lord, fellowship with Him, love Him, sing to Him, eat from Him, worship Him.
when the grass is green and the streams are sweet and when the valley is dark. So what we want to do this morning, maybe what Christelle and Matthew shared, strike the chord with you, what we want to do is we want to, we want to welcome you back at the table of the Lord by someone praying with you. That's it. So, so I want to ask, can we just stand up in this place? Can I ask all the small group leaders that's here? I know many, you're on holiday. Just quickly make your way to the front. Matthew and Christelle will be here. Dirk, Madeleine, kom jylle uit. Carla, Marlo, kom help. I want facilitators in front. And what we want to do is, we want to welcome you back to the table. And it might mean that it's just you need to realize He loves you. It might also be that there's something you need to repent of this morning right? Because that's what people in a relationship do. But while every eye is closed, let's search our hearts for a moment. We are going to eat so much (laughs) over this December holiday. We know what a feast looks like. Are you still feasting with the Lord? Or have your chair been turned away at an angle to the table? This morning, not tomorrow, not tonight, Right now, we want to welcome you back just by praying with you. Just by being someone that's also at the table. So let me help you through this. While every eye is closed, what is the Holy Spirit whispering to you this morning? What is He saying to you on your heart? If He is if He's drawing you nearer to Him again, if he's pulling out a chair for you again, just quickly put up your hand and say, that's me, man. That's me. I want that sweet fellowship again. Be bold. Put your hand up very high. Say, that's me. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Don't be shy. If you felt like you've been misaligned on the table and it's time for you to connect again to the shepherd, put up your hand very high. Say, that's me. I'm not shy. I'm not shy. And then I'm going to ask us to exercise faith. I'm going to count to three and then quickly come to the front. We're going to welcome you at the table by praying for you. And one, two, and three. Quickly move. Take that step of faith. You can come and pray here with Matthew and Christelle. You can come pray with anyone you know. But let's take that step of faith. Because it is in the movement that sometimes the Lord unlocks something in our hearts. We want to pray if you come out. Welcome back to the table of the Lord. And as you come to the front and there's any sin you have to repent of, do it. Have short accounts with the Lord. I need a couple more facilitators, please. So there's no spectators here this morning. What I want you to do, if you're, if you're at the back, um, just to take a seat for a moment. And yes, you can take your seat. And, and, and for you to reflect, what is the Lord teaching you this morning about His faithfulness and presence in your life? What is He saying to you this morning? Just reflect on that. And you are welcome, if you are here with your wife or a friend, to turn to them and say, hey, what stood out for you? Or to reflect alone. But let's take a couple of minutes and actively digest the word of the Lord this morning.
we're just going to not rush this moment. We're nice and early. So we're giving you five, six minutes just to process, just to communicate, just to pray. Communicate with the Lord or with the person sitting next to you. You're welcome to offer someone to pray for them if you want to. But we're not going to rush right now.
Thank you, everyone, for your um, yeah, for being together this morning. And we can keep that slide on with the book. You guys know us. We don't ask money for anything around here. This is not about selling a book. It's about getting a message out there to someone in your family that, that might need it. So we, we're going to keep this on so that if afterwards you want to share Christelle's story, maybe with your sister or a family member that has suffered some of the similar things, then maybe it's a way for the gospel into a heart. Amen? So we're going to keep it up there. And then as a church, we're just going to quickly pray for Matthew and Christelle's church. C3 Malmo. Did I say that correct? Let's have our hands out to them. They've came all the way to bless us. Lord, we just want to pray for that beautiful church in Malmo, Lord. With so many nationalities, so many people, Lord, from different walks all across the globe. I pray that you'll bless Matthew as the head of his home and Christelle as his wonderful helper with all the wisdom and leadership they need to lead that interesting and beautiful church, Lord. Give them wisdom to lead well, lead strong, Lord. And we pray that you'll even bless them, the church, in the time when their pastors are not there, that you will uphold that church. And, and we pray, Lord, that you will bless them for how they've come and invested into us as well this morning. We receive what they've given. And we send our prayers and our love all the way to Sweden. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for being here this morning. Please grab a cup of coffee. Say hi to a stranger. Uh, get a tea and then please go so that the next people can come. <laughs> I'm only joking.